Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our first episode of 2018. Uh, we know we're a little late getting started, but we hope everybody had a great holiday season. We're excited to start. Well, first of all, this is our second year officially as talk daytime we started last january so we're really excited to start our second year and we hope you're all ready for some great stuff because we have a lot of fun stuff planned um to take off the new year we're here with some soap news and gossip for you because we have a lot to say and anybody that's been keeping up i'm sure has a lot to say so kathy's here with me and let's just get right into our conversation hey kathy Hey, uh, I'm so excited for us to be back, and happy anniversary to us, even if it's a little late. Hello. I think our anniversary is on the 12th, so we're a little late. We missed our own anniversary, but that's okay. That's okay. We're fashionably late, and, and it's because we're at our yeah. end, so, you know, there but, <clears throat> but it's all good. I thought we would start out a little bit today uh, with probably the hottest news of the day, uh, certainly the most recent news, but not... I, actually, I would wager to say maybe the Jamie Francis thing might even be a little bit hotter. But anyway, the pre-nominations for the Daytime Emmy Awards came out, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because, you know, it's just pre-noms at this point. But I do have some um, kind of a little recap for everybody about it. Um, Days took the most amount of pre-noms with 20. Um, then you had GH getting 16, Y&R got 15, and Bold and Beautiful got 9. We've got your usual suspects that you would see. Uh, actually, the more stories that are um, looking at the list, and I'm not going to read the list for everybody just because um, they're out there if you want to see them. So, Fox Central's got them. Uh, the Daytime Emmy site, of course, has them. But we'll uh, them on look at it. I was going to say that the names on here that aren't here are probably more of the story that, that <clears throat> some of them blessedly not here. Um, others that I would have expected to see. And then taking a look at it, too, there are a lot of names in here that I would have expected to have seen put in lead categories that put, submitted themselves instead in the supporting categories. Now, the way the prenoms work um, is that, first of all, the actor has to submit their name for consideration. So if you see one of your favorites and they're not on the list, chances are that they probably didn't submit their name for consideration, um, especially if you know they had a really, really, really strong year. Like I'm looking at the list, and um, Brian Dottillo is not on here, which just floors me because he had some amazing work on days this year. And I don't know this for sure is that he probably just didn't submit his name. Um, but anyway, once the actor submits their name, then uh, a, a group of peer judges, uh, basically peers in the community, vote on the top 10 performers, their top 10 performers in each category, and they do that after, after viewing the clips that the performers have submitted. <clears throat> the highest vote earners are the ones that get the prenoms. Um, so the, what you see on this prenom list, these are the ones that were kind of narrowed down from anybody that submitted their names with the top 10 in each category, like the highest, 10, the highest number of votes for the top 10 in the category. <clears throat> the screening for Emmys out of the prenoms list will begin on February 22nd. Um, that final list is going to get announced on the talk. So the actual Emmy nominations will be announced on the talk on March 21st. 
And then uh, winners will be announced at the Daytime Emmys, which is going to be April 29th. But, of course, we don't know if it's going to be streaming. We don't know if they're going to show it someplace. Chances are they're probably somebody will be periscoping it illegally for us to watch or something like that. Um, right. It hasn't really been on the past couple of years. And unfortunately. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed a couple of years ago when they when they actually did the streaming. Um, it was it Kathy Griffin that hosted that year, and she she caused a little controversy. And that you know you had the idiots that were on the red yeah. carpet that were the YouTube personalities or whatever. But, but I will oh, say that the actual streaming of the awards worked really well, and I'd love to be able to find another venue like that that actually was working pretty well. If they're not going to have like a real ceremony live for people to see, then hey, stream it for us. Um, but anyway, there's no word on whether or not that's going to happen yet. But uh, this list is, is pretty good. Um, just a note about the outstanding younger actors. Everybody on those lists will automatically advance to the nominations because there are less than 10 in each group. So um, <clears throat> all of the young actors, uh, it's been said all the younger actors will be advancing to, um, you know, basically they're all nominated. And that, that younger actor category just, really honestly needs to be revisited because you've got everybody is you've got people is um i can't remember exactly what the age consideration is on it but you've got like pearson foday who's clearly in his at least his mid-20s against you know um i think that gary is the little kid that plays Oscar hospital so you know i mean it's, it's a pretty broad age range it's in there yeah i think that the um the cutoff age is for some reason, I'm thinking it's like 27, and I don't know why that number sticks out to me. Let me look. I'm not sure, but well, and that's why yeah, I end up know. seeing these Emmy award-winning actors, and it's you know maybe they're not exactly the brightest bulbs of daytime, but you know that you've got that range where they basically can put themselves in for younger actor considerations, and they've been acting for 10, 15 years sometimes, and they're up against a kid that's you know six, seven years old or whatever out there and doing their thing. So. Um, but at any rate, um, the prenoms listed come out. Um, we can um, I, we can post these up someplace. Maybe we can do it on our on our site and and tweet it out. Or you know you can go hit any of the websites. I'm sure Daytime Confidential has it up there. I'm pretty sure that I tweeted um, it on Talk Daytime that, for everybody. Just you know. Well, okay, the rule is 25. But anyway, go check out the prenoms, and we'll be we'll be talking about this a little bit more in depth when they actually narrow down these nominations. So sometime after uh, sometime after March 21st. Yeah, we'll try to do it on the day of, maybe. I say that every year, but it never happens. But we'll try and do it the day of. But, um, yeah, just I was wrong. It's not 27, it's 25, for anybody that actually cared <laughs> like I did. But anyway, yeah, I'm interested to see what the actual nominations are because the prenoms are cool and everybody gets excited because they see their favorites. But at the end of the day, there's like, what seven, six, seven that make it to the nomination. So you never know. Well, and I always, always geek out on these too. When we get to Emmys, I, I, I go through and I actually do watch everybody's submitted clips, and there's some really some good work. And it's interesting to see what people submit for themselves. You know, what kind of range they do, which actors literally kind of throw in and do some humor clips or anything like that. Um, they can do yeah. pretty much. Uh, uh, a range of up to an hour, I think. They have to have, like, there's certain, I think they have to be within one contained episode, maybe, or something. I've, I've got to go back and refresh my brain on the rules. But anyway, it's always interesting to see what they what they mix up in order to get uh, a good broad range on their reel. Yeah, and I love when actors are 
they tweet and ask everyone's opinion on what they should do. So I feel like that's really a helpful tool if you're asking the viewers, like, what they think was strong. And I know that Lisa Lothis Rowe did that last year, and she had everybody help her pick because everybody said that because she wasn't sure about doing humor, and everybody told her to use the theme where she's, like, ugly crying at the ASPCA commercial when she's drunk. And, <laughs> you know, so it was – yeah, I know. It's funny to me, too, every time I think about it. But I love, like – being a part of that process because Kelly Monaco asked too or she hasn't passed I don't know about this year but so yeah I'm interested to see who's actually nominated yeah and I mean there's a good broad range um you know there's uh like I said I, th- I think it's interesting the names that are not on the list um and yeah. I'm kind of grateful for some of them that they're not there I do think it's interesting like I'll call that one here um I'm not a fan of the character uh and I know you don't watch Bold and Beautiful at all but for instance, um, Jacqueline McInnes Wood, who plays Steffi, Steffi uh, Forrester on Bold and Beautiful, um, she submitted in the supporting actress category. Um, she is undeniably one of the lead actresses on that show. She gets more airtime than probably any other actress on that show. Um, and while I'm not a fan of that character, undeniably it's a lead character on the show, um, she put in for supporting actress. So I thought that was interesting, and I thought maybe it's just something that Bold does, but I'm looking at the lead actor category, and boy, the actors didn't have any problems putting themselves up for lead. So it's always yeah. just interesting to look at the list, see where people put themselves, where they submit, what they submit, and it's, you know, it'll be fun to explore that a little bit more when we get when we get the list in March. Yeah. Okay. I think that we're definitely going to have a good time dissecting that, because we do that every year, even before we did part day time. So, I'm excited for that. So, okay, let's move on because I know we've got a lot to say. So, um, everybody knows by now, if unless you have under off, that Jeannie Francis has been dropped to a recurring role in General Hospital amid mayor's campaign story. She's running for mayor. She's been on since she got married to Kevin, like since Christmas. I think that she's been on a solid two to three, sometimes four times a week. Like, we see her all the time, and all of a sudden – She's just, like, disappearing, and it hits Twitter, and the Internet just explodes, and everybody is really pissed, rightfully so, including, you know, her own coworkers. So, first and foremost, before we get into our own thoughts about this, I have saved a few of your tweets um, to read, and some of her um, coworkers' tweets that I want to share, because I think that these are interesting talking points. So, first off, um, somebody said, let's see. Um, at, it's Claudine, I don't know if you know her, but at Claude B4177, shout out to everybody that had a brilliant thought that I saved. She said, my first thought is, wait, General Hospital has passed up on an opportunity to have a female candidate mayor storyline at a relevant time in history. And then, next thing I hear is they put Jeannie Francis on recurring. You should be ashamed, GH. Rightfully so. Second, somebody said, when Steve Burton was denied the same deal, they catered to Roger Howarth. Howarth, sorry if I said it wrong. When Becky Hurst had to go through rigorous negotiations, but Michelle Stafford didn't have a problem. When they let go of Tyler Christopher and brought back Michael Easton as a third character. That's GH. Michelle, oh, that was um, at Blair Fans for Life. I don't know this person. I just saw it retweeted. Michelle says, I've said for a long time that G.H. should pull a Bobby Ewing in the shower, but have it be Jason Quartermain waking up from a 20-year coma. His doctors, Rick Weber and Tony Jones, would be there talking with Alan, Emily, and A.J. Hashtag, we need a reset. I'm also a fan of that idea. And then we have... <laughs> Me too. 
<laughs> I'm so I'm sorry. I'm like reeling from the feeling. I'm just shocked that all this has happened. William DeVry tweeted, no question, at General Hospital, knees at Jeannie Francis. And then he engaged in a really interesting conversation with somebody in the comments and said, I would caution anyone thinking the situation is crystal clear. Nothing is that, but we definitely need her. And somebody said, does it help when people write or complain or does it make it worse? I'm always afraid my comments will make it worse. He said, respectful support is always welcome. I think he will forget all the wonderful people Frank has brought back to the show. They don't say, but he loves the history, so go for it. Jackie Zeman says, at Jeannie Francis and at Jeannie Francis fans, I can't imagine GH without you, past, present, or future. You are loved, appreciated, and respected by many. That will never change. Michelle Valjean, this is what got me. I was like, it was coming. They were coming out of the woodwork. This is my last one. I'll quit reading. Michelle Valjean says, I'm sorry about what happened. You're a daytime icon. You deserve better. I'll always be honored that I got to write for you, so hang in there. And then there was way more than that, but I'm not going to read everybody's tweet. So I'm going to ask you first, and then I'll go on my rant. But how do you feel about this, and how do you feel about those tweets and this little storm that has come from this? Well, you know, to be completely frank, I my first response was, wow. And then my second response was, of course. <clears throat> and then my third response was, how incredibly freaking tone deaf can these people be to be taking their queen of daytime, arguably the queen of daytime, and treating her after putting her in a hot, 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 hot front burner storyline that was relevant, that was so not only relevant to, um, you know, to to daytime and the and the fact that she is you know a powerhouse and can bring scenes with weight, but also socially relevant. The first socially relevant storyline that General Hospital has done that has mattered worth a damn in years. And here we go. We have this you know a, a, this amazing setup. People were getting excited. People were starting to tune in again. People loved their relationship with Kevin. Everybody was getting on board. People were jumping in. They're like, hey, Laura, the mayor of the town, going up against Ned. What a great setup for all of this. And then, bam. And from my understanding, from having listened to some podcasts and some things like that, um, it sounds like that this was something that was the writers were taken aback. They obviously had plans to get they it set up. If, 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 what has, if what's being said is true, um, apparently they dropped her to recording and they asked her, well, maybe she could come in and do 12 episodes a year. First of all, what? She's probably been on more than 12 yeah. episodes already this year. And secondly, what? She's Jeannie freaking Francis. You don't do that to the queen of daytime. I, I, and I just, you know, I, I have not, I've not been shy about saying I have not watched General Hospital for a while now. And it's been because... I just do not care about anything that they're putting on the screen. There was maybe one storyline that I cared about going into most of the stuff, and it was probably just the relationship between Liz and Franco. But it wasn't enough to keep me there. Um, I, I like that couple. It wasn't enough to keep me there. Um, I'm watching Days. Days is on fire. I love it. But I was actually getting excited enough that I was like, hey, maybe I'm going to go check out some of these clips with this mayor storyline. I saw the little clip with the, the speech where she called Mary May Ward and called back that history there. And it looked like it was going to be something that was really exciting for people to watch. 
So how dismayed am I now for, first of all, people like me who were starting to get slightly intrigued again and maybe had an inkling of coming back, but secondly, for people that are fully invested and were enjoying what was happening and now they feel like they've been completely betrayed. And then on top of that, everyone knows, given given the conversation, and we had this conversation, uh, I think the last time um, we were, you know, before the holidays, with uh, Sarah J. Brown coming out and talking about the pay discrepancy and how, you know, how that, you know, the men getting, you know, to the shock of nobody, because it's a big topic in Hollywood right now, men getting paid more than women in daytime. And here we have this very relevant conversation going on. We've got the, the Grey's Anatomy thing that's been going on and discussed recently. We've got other people, other actresses coming forward saying that they're, you know, we've got people of color, you know, the whole thing with Hawaii Five-O where people are demanding to be paid as much as the white males that are getting paid hand over fist for these shows. It's a completely relevant conversation in, in Hollywood in general, not much less just daytime. And here we, we drop the, the queen of General Hospital and maybe one of the queens of daytime to recurring status and say, well, maybe you can come hang out with us for 12 episodes a year. Just how tone deaf. I, I, but at the same time, right behind it, I have to voice how freaking typical of General Hospital mm-hmm. is. I, so I can't say I can't say that I was totally shocked. I was totally dismayed. I can't say I'm totally shocked. This is what they've been doing for the last ten, fifteen years, no matter who's in charge. So you know, it's just um, I, I think it's terrible for the people that were really enjoying what was going on. For me, it's no skin off my nose. I'm still not watching the show, and you know, not really inclined to do that right now. So, but I hate it for people that I know, like you, that are you know, that are still trying to hang in desperately, and and you know, this has got to be a big <laughs> hanging on for dear life. Well, plus, you know, me okay. being a huge genie fan, and you're not the only one. I know you've got a huge group of friends out there that are you know devoted to her, and it's just, it's very dismaying. It's it's dismaying. For the industry, it's dismaying. For the state of that show, it's it's just sad, honestly. Well, I agree with everything you said, and I have about ten things to add to that. So let me start with the <laughs> fact that <laughs> I just have so much to say. Let me start with the fact that they this news hits the media the day of the Women's March. Really, not a great time to break this news, and I find that to be a little bit ironic. And that kind of makes it worse, I think. That just, you know, on a great day for women and a day where women are out in the street protesting some of these very same issues, this news breaks. So there's that. There's also the fact that it is a matter of public record. It is not a secret that this has happened to her before with General Hospital. She has walked all over at General Hospital for the most part. You know, they think that they can... Oh, I just had a a PTSD flash to wigs on a stick. Ugh. Yes, it, it, she is, has been mistreated before by ABC, by General Hospital. We all know it. It's a matter of public record. She speaks about it. It's out there for anyone who wants to consume it. I didn't make it up, you know, and it's not and for anybody who doesn't know. Laura's my favorite. I'm a huge Jeannie fan. That doesn't change the fact that I think there sucks for anybody. And if it had been any other woman, like, you know, who else has been around this long? Leslie Charlson. If this had happened to Leslie Charlson, although she's already on recurring, but if she'd have been in a story like this, and if this to her, I would be equally as upset because I don't think that it's right, and I don't think that it's fair. But she has spoken, Jeannie, not Leslie, has spoken uh, over the years that this is a problem that has happened before, and 
the network has mistreated her and she's been mistreated by different regimes that were in charge. So I think that it sucks that the same old thing happens when it looks like things are going great. And she was, I mean, in, a, in Michael Fairman's article about this, it, it said that she was blindsided by this. Obviously, everyone was. Because, um, I mean, you go to work every day and you're doing this and you're doing this big, huge thing. And then suddenly they're like, oh, by the way. So I think that that's terrible and I think that that's horrible. And I think that I, I, I can't imagine because, like, for, for me, if I'd have been through the things that she'd been working for this company, working for this show, and things are looking up, I would, I would you know, I would, maybe my skepticism would go away because there's new people in charge, and then they do the same thing to you again. I think it's terrible. Now, on to my next point. Um, I, oh, this makes me so angry. So I don't understand why a genre of television that was created for women, by women for the most part, is being dominated by men. And I'm not trying to sound like a radical feminist here or anything, but I don't get that. It's for women. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, I know that that can be equally as sexist, but it is for women. It was created for women. It was created by women for the most part. I know there were some men involved. Why is the genre being dominated by men? Why are men making more than women? Why are they in control? Why are they in more episodes than anyone? We're looking at you. Like Bernard, who's in more episodes than anybody. Why? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And I saw on Twitter, maybe recall my tweet, somebody tweeted that there hasn't been an actual love scene on General Hospital since August. Okay, wasn't the tagline love in the afternoon? Like, nobody's saying what they want to see. The whole mob violence thing, it's ridiculous. It's like 2007 all over again. I, I made that year up, but you know what I mean. Well, no, Third, you pretty much can pick any, any, anything in that decade, and that would probably, you yeah. know, the mob violence is off the chain, would, would fit and apply. Third, I can't help but wonder that if this was, if Tony Geary called them up and said, I want to come back, that they would bend over backwards to make sure it happened and accommodate them in any way. Why is that one-sided? Why do they not, you know, they would do anything to have him back. So I don't understand why not, it doesn't work both ways, because, as far as, and I'm not, you know, I'm over Lisa Moore. I always moved on from that period of time for sure. I love her with Kevin. But as far as they're concerned, they're equals in this. I mean, she was there before he was. And as far as I'm concerned, I like Tony. I don't have a problem with his. But as far as I'm concerned, she was the stronger performer in the pair. And she is, I think, I don't, I don't want to say more respected in the genre, but, you know, I think that she carries more weight, maybe, or she, at least that's how it should be when it comes to the entire genre. So I don't understand why she slept under the rug the first time it's time for a budget cut. When Tony Hughes, you know, was like, I want to come back, they would bend over backwards and make sure it happened and accommodate him in any way possible. The way that it appears, they didn't see Burton. So I don't understand that. I well, have a really, I have a problem with that. And I want to I want to add on to that. I don't want to hijack your 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 tirade because I know no, you're it's your good. Turn, but I, I do want to say that I want to add on to that in that Jeannie Francis is a total pro. She's not the one that goes and whines to people about how she needs to dictate where her story's going to go. She's not the one that's going to yeah. go to the press and is going to basically scald out someone who's writing is fantastic and is writing his butt off some at, at another soap that I really hope picks her up because she has a character with a history there too. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Dave, give her a call. Please. I would go through it full time. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, but you know, she out of the t- out of out of the two of them, um, she's the one that is a consummate pro when it comes to 
I'm going to show up, I'm going to give everything into what I'm given, and I'm going to make it work regardless. And she's not going to be the person that goes in and with the demands and the prima donna attitude and the, uh, you're going to write this because I have to, and then we end up with like crap like that fluke storyline that we all had to suffer through from like a year. Um, you know what I mean? So I don't get it either. I don't understand where that disconnect is. I don't know where the love affair with the, you know, with, with why we got to treat her like crap and why we got, you know, and then going back, I mean, you look at, you know, people wondering how come Vanessa Marshall wasn't coming back on? Why couldn't get her there? How come Sarah J. Brown would never come back over and, and be considered for whatever? And now it's obvious, you know, because now those stories are coming out. There was a huge pay discrepancy. They felt like they should be paid with their worth. They felt like they were asking what their male counterparts were probably making and they were told basically to go test up a rope. And so, you know, it was like, all right, you know, so there is definitely a huge well, disconnect there. And and it's just ridiculous. And from the outside, it's very clear. I mean, and I don't think that, I just, I have a problem with the fact that the men are dominating the show again. I thought we left that behind. And I just, you know, in a day and time where female empowerment is at a high, I don't understand why it, why this is happening, and I don't I don't get why everybody Frank Valentini from the street gets a job because we've got people that are irrelevant, and I'm not one of those people who makes a list of like oh this person can go before this person, but there are people that can go, and I don't mind naming names. If you'd like to know, read my Twitter. But there are people that are yeah. irrelevant, and if he didn't insist on creating new characters once a week. Like, when you watch a scene, if you pay attention, there might be one character that was around before he was, but for the most part, all the characters in the scene are new. And they suck, most of them. I mean, there's some good ones. Shout out to Mara West. Shout out Michelle Stafford. But, and Valentine, because, you know, Jason Patrick Stewart's great, but that's not the point. The point is that he creates a new character, like, you know, as often as I change clothes, maybe, and I don't understand why that's necessary. You want to talk about budgeting, you want to talk about how it's a low-budget thing because it's daytime, and you want to talk about how you have to make cuts and you have to cut corners. Well, maybe you should start with, um, instead of gutting the cast that's been there for 20 years, Tyler Christopher, instead of cutting, you know, those people and not giving those people what they want, and why don't you stop hiring new people? You could save a lot of money or, on some of those people that are not irre- that are not relevant. Or if you're going to hire new people, because new people are that's the lifeblood of a genre that has to go generationally and year after year. If you're going to hire those new people, bring them in as somebody relevant to the canvas. Important. Bring yeah. them in as a legacy character. You know, we got a Tom Hardy Jr. out there somewhere. Bring in, bring in yep. that. You know, bring in. Um, you know, we had what's her name? Um, Serena Baldwin was there for a hot second, and then they dissed her like a bad habit. Why? Bring her back. You know, bring in, bring yeah. in. You know, bring Luke back Nathan. Brooklyn. Bring, you know, bring these characters that are relevant to the canvas. If you want to bring in somebody new and you recast them, that's fine. But make make sure they've got a tie-in. You can't have a multi generational show that's going to last another decade if if it's the lesser part of who cares that are the characters on the show. And, you know, that's no. what GH seems to be saying is they're not understanding that the thing that makes gives these shows the longevity they have is that it's family stories that tie generationally that people watch and they gain generation. My son is, you know, he's starting to be able to know characters on Days of Our Life. My husband, who makes fun of me relentlessly for watching soaps, is yeah, starting sure. to be able to 
that guy again, you know, I mean, but they're getting them by osmosis. Um, you know, so it's, they're failing to realize that if they want their show to survive, they've got to put a generational tie-in in there. And bringing new characters that nobody cares about is not the way to do that. And treating the ones you have that have been the center of your show for decades, you got to do that. And and obviously yep. they've forgotten that Jeannie Francis, and I have a feeling they're going to feel it hit them pretty hard. Well, and I also think, first of all, Jeannie Francis has been around for 40 years, Laura. Webbing or Laura Vining, Weber, Baldwin, Spencer, whatever. She has like 10 names. I can name them all, but I'm not on the spot. Not the point. She's been around for 40 years, and I know there have been years where Jeannie wasn't on the show. But I don't think that that matters. I think that what matters is that she has been there longer than anyone, except for Leslie Charlson, because I think that Leslie Charlson's up in the 40s, too. Um, yeah. I think that she is entitled. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. She's entitled to more money than any of the men that, on that show because she's been there longer. And I don't care that she's a woman. That doesn't matter to me. If Maurice Bernard had been there for 40 years, I'd say he's entitled to the most money. But he hasn't. She's been there longer than anybody, you know, and she was completely disrespected by this. Well, and let's and I set also, aside the shackles around every other person on the canvas, too. I mean, that's yeah, just fact. It is. And it makes me mad because of the Luke and Laura. First of all, if it wasn't for Laura, I don't think Luke would have ever survived past that original 20-week mark, because he was only slated to do 20 weeks or 20 episodes or something along those lines originally, and he had chemistry with her, and he worked well, and people loved him with her, and if it wasn't for her, that wouldn't have happened, and I think that we all forget, because I don't think that he would have ever been around as long as he was if it wasn't for her, and I don't get why... Even Ken Schreiner brought that up. You know, GH yeah. was back on its way. Gloria Monty had it back on its way when the the big romance and the big thing that was getting excited was Laura coming into, she was having a relationship with, um, what, her mama's, uh, like, somebody, some guy, David Hamilton, that had yeah. a crush on her mom, mm-hmm. whatever. And and then that big romance with Scott. That's what kicked GH back into gear before Luke came on scene. So, you know, that was, yeah. that was the big that that got things energized again, and Ken Schreiner will point that out. You know, he has been recently. And, I mean, you know, so it wasn't all about Luke and Laura to start with. First it was Luke and Scotty, and they, they got things hot again, and then Luke just kind of upped the ante when when he was brought on canvas. So, yeah. you know, I mean, well, and she Jeannie Francis, she's part so of the reason why he still himself. Yeah, she carries so many stories. And when it comes to Luke and Laura, for sure, that's, like, the biggest example, I think. If it wasn't for her, it wouldn't have happened, first of all. It would never have lasted. He wouldn't have ever been around, and she's the stronger performer of the pair. And I don't understand why that's overlooked. He, people kiss his ass. I'm sorry for the language, but they do so hard, and he's so worshipped in the genre. And I don't understand why he's valued so much more than she is. When she is a stronger performer, she did things outside of General Hospital that are more than he would ever do. She did multiple soaps. She's been in different TV shows. She's done many series. She did North and South. That was a big thing. She's a strong actress. She's a strong performer who wouldn't have a problem finding work anywhere else, and she chose to play Laura. She chose to continue. She chose to stick around all this time, except for the few times that she wasn't. So I don't understand why there's such a discrepancy. But she's absolutely, like, without a doubt, deserves to be paid what any man there pay. Or actually, I think that she deserves more than anybody there other than Leslie because, well, she's not recurring to, but because she's been there just as long. But I'm sorry, seniority rules and talent speaks. And also, 
my last point on this, and then I'll shut up, I promise, because I'm sure people don't really care. But um, <laughs> it makes me so sad. Like, okay, as a fan, it sucks. Uh, just as a, a general viewer, I started watching General Hospital in 2011, so I've been around seven years. And Laura came back in 2012, right? Yeah, that was their 50th anniversary, 2013. Whatever. She came back, and I, the first time I saw her on screen, I was like, I like her. And I didn't know the big deal. I didn't know that she was, like, this legendary character or any of that stuff. When the 50th anniversary came around, I watched Lisa Moore's Wedding because SoapNet did that thing, RIP SoapNet. Um, and I watched, literally, I watched all 50 hours. I watched every single one. I stayed up all night that Friday night, and I watched everything that she was in. And I absolutely adored this character from the first time I saw her on screen before I even knew who she was. I, the first time I saw it was when she walked up on the boat or whatever, on the pier and all that stuff. And then I didn't I didn't know it was a big deal because I was new to the show. But I remember they ran that TV promo saying that she was returning and all this. And absolutely, like, the first time I saw her, I was like, this character is my character. I love her. She's my favorite. Whatever. And it's been that way ever since. I think that it sucked that in 2014 she went to the doctor and didn't come back for two years. Like, I'm still bitter over that. And nobody knew she was leaving. Like, there have been so many times that this character has been walked over, walked all over. I mean, I just don't get the disrespect for the legacy and for the history and for the actress. And, yes, I might be going on and on, but you know what? I think it's important. And I think this is something that viewers are passionate about, and especially history. History is so important in a show like this that goes on and on and on and on and on and never ends, basically. Well, it will eventually, but if they keep this up, it won't be long. But I just don't get that, and it makes me sad. As just a person that she was completely blindsided and the way that this was handled was horrible. Um, I read in Michael Raymond's or, or, or somebody wrote, and I don't want to make it him because I don't know that it was, that before she filmed Friday's episode, they sent somebody to her to tell her this news. And then she was told when she asked for a meeting with Frank Valentini that he was unavailable. First of all, if you want to, if you want to let somebody go, maybe you do it yourself and then don't claim you're not available because that's what it sounds like to me. I wasn't there, but that's what it sounds like. Second of all, I think that's horrible. And third, if you watch the scene from Friday and from Monday, they will break your heart 100%, because even though she wasn't that sad, it was just genuinely like, hey, it was sad to see this happen. Like, Alexis, at one point, Alexis was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry it's come to this, because I think that you would have made a great mayor. And she just looked at her, and she looked so sad. And she was like, yeah, I think so, too. They told her, like, right before she got ready to go film, I think that that's horrible. Like, I don't, I don't like that at all. But just, it just makes me sad that this happened to anybody. But it makes me sad to see, like, such a nice, genuine person who's been there and so devoted to this for such a long time treated this way. So she's, like, the nicest well, person what ever. I'm, what, what I'm hoping to take away from this is, is, Ron Carlotti, I know you're not listening, but, hey, just on the off chance that you decide you want to hear this, give her a call, please. Whatever you got to do over at Days, whoever's got to do right? casting over there. Let's have some Diana Colville back because I could see a really, really hot triangle between Diana and John and Marlena, and that would yes. be fire. Yes. I'd love to see it. That would be amazing. Um, and I know all my John and Marlena friends are, like, cringing right now going, we're in game as long as we're in game, and that's fine, too. You know, whatever you want to do, but at least it would be fun. And, and, and but then again, you know, I have a happy 
happy couples are back burner couples. Give them something to do. So, you know, get her over on days. She's yeah. always awesome there. Uh, I love Diana Colville on days. Actually, Roman, fake Roman, I'm doing air quotes, Roman and Diana were the thing that got me into days. And I stayed for Steve and Kayla, and I stayed for Mike and April, who, you know, obviously didn't last. But, um, but that was, you know, they were huge. They were big. They were fire. They were yeah. awesome. And, you know, I would love to be able to see her over there and Ron writing for her again. Um, I just think it would be a great fit. And I hope that they will call her. I really hope they do. I know it's like a dream but, wish list and everybody's talking about it. And hope, But, hey, you know, it's in the realm of possibility. Let's make that happen. I would love to see her somewhere where she's respected. I mean, ideally, of course, I want to see Laura Spencer because I love her. And I adore her. And I really identify with this character because I feel like me and Laura have been through it, you know. I know it sounds ridiculous, but whatever. You guys can pay for my therapy bills, I guess. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll make this podcast where you click the ad and you get, like, a penny an ad. We'll do that, and that'll pay for my therapy, I guess. But, no, I just – ideally, that's what I want to see, of course, because that's the character that I absolutely fell in love with, and I, I adore her. But I want to see her somewhere where she can actually be respected as an actress because I think that that is the most important, for sure, and be paid what she's worth. And also, I okay, so I wanted to – I kind of want the day thing to happen because Diana was pretty great. But – Ron Carlovati, lest we not forget that Ron Carlovati wrote the scene with the old sweatshirt joke, and that pissed me off. And I'm still bitter, even though it's been five years. So I don't really know how I feel about him writing for her again, but you never know. At Days of My Lives, it could be much well, better. a lot there. But, but you know what? I have to say, too, how much, of, how much was the writing at GH that you didn't like him being dictated from other sources what he needed to do? The more he very, writes on days, true. the more I'm convinced that that was a thing. Because days is delightful at the moment. There are some days where they've got exposition and build up and stuff like that. But that show is so much fun to watch right now. Um, it, even even when it's not completely on, it's still entertaining. Yeah. It still doesn't. Well, and there were times when he wrote great stuff. I mean, early on at GH, like he wrote the thing with Faison and Anna and John McBain and Robert. Like, did he not write that? He did. Yeah. In like November well, yeah, 2011 as well. I am convinced that a lot of the sins that Ron Carlovati had to pay for were not necessarily his fault. We're not his. And the more I no, see him, the more gone. I see him without a, the more I see him without a heavy hand guiding him. You know, without that happening over at Days, the more I'm convinced of that. And um, yeah, so I, would, I think they would be a good pair. I'd love to see her, you know, back on, on Days. Now, I do know that I, I remember an interview of hers that she did not have a good experience with Days the first time. There, But it was it was yeah. not anything to do with the cast or the production team or, or it wasn't anything to do with the cast or the crew. It was something to do with the powers that be. So I don't know if that's yeah. really a, um, you know, feasibility, but, hey, I'm going to put it on my wish list because hey, that she would be awesome. But, hey, after all those times. Yeah. Gloria Mott, oh, I'm sorry, but Gloria Mott, she's literally spinning in the grave. God rest her soul, but I just, no, I can't. And I have one more point on this. So I'd love to hear it, Dave, because I think that's great. And I don't think that he was responsible for all the crappy stories that happened because he's a good writer. And I think that the people that are writing General Hospital now are doing a great job, and I think that a lot of the bad stuff that has happened has definitely been dictated by the showrunners and not necessarily the writers. Because just writing as a whole, when they took over, things improved. Things were good, and I enjoy what they write. But I think that that only goes so far, 
when you're being told what you have to write because we all know that if because let's face it, we've got two women and Chris Annette and writing this show and multiple others, but we've got two women female head writers. There is no way that we would have this mob violence, you know, twenty four seven fest that goes on if it was left up to them. That's just not what would happen because that's not how I don't think that that's what women want to see. That's what men want to see. Which is back to my original point, why I've been running it. But seriously, it just makes me so mad, the whole thing. As a fan, as a viewer, it makes me mad because she just got married and she runs out off and tells her husband he can't come with her, which has pissed me off so bad because I just don't see that. Like, that's not a Laura thing. That's a we had to find an excuse thing because we're not firing John Lindstrom. We're just firing you. And then the whole Spencer broke both legs thing sounded stupid. They could have thought of something better. That is the dumbest thing. Like, could you not think of anything better? I, that sounds so outrageous and stupid to me. And yes, on my last note on this is that she's just the nicest person. She's a genuinely kind person from what I've experienced with her. And I just, uh, this sucks to see somebody that is that wonderful and that caring about other people because she's just like the nicest. I, it sucks to see somebody so good as a person and as an actress get screwed. I just, I have, I really, I would say I have no words, but clearly I have 15 minutes worth of words. But I, <laughs> I, just, I just can't. Like, she's, it makes me so sad because she's such a nice person. She's such a great person from what I know, and I don't know her personally, but, I mean, from what I know of her, she's just great, and I just can't believe it. And everybody loves her. Everybody that meets her loves her. Everybody that has any kind of encounter with her says she's awesome so I it just sucks and anybody that gets to act with her just like worships the ground she walks on practically so it sucks to see somebody so good both professionally and personally get screwed over like this and it makes me mad as a viewer because Laura is my favorite and I'm so disinterested in daytime right now like the Emmy thing or the Emmy prenoms came out today and I just didn't care and I haven't watched the last three episodes of General Hospital because right now I just don't care like I'm not interested right now because I am so mad and her last come names were today. really sad. Oh. Come oh, today. You know, I'm supposed to I know. And I'm going to come today. I'm going to watch days. Come today. I will. It just makes me so angry. Like, I want to see Laura. And I want to see. It just, oh, man. It gets me hot. And, like, when I first read it, I was pissed. And then the more tweets I read, and the more, like, enlightenment, I guess you can say, that I got from other people's thoughts, it just made me so angry. But I will say that I. Well, you know what? Interesting. It's interesting to see the lack of reaction from ABC on this. I think I think they're, you know, they're, it's like either either they're going back and they're going, oh my god, or they're going, they're sitting back and they're going, okay, let's just ride this out because it is going to be what it is and people are going to forget. And honestly, well, you know, somebody somebody tweeted the other day and they they could be right. Is that everybody's right and everybody's complaining? But are you still watching every day? Because if you're not, well, if not. you're still watching every day, then all you're doing is griping and complaining, and your your word, well, right? Your 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 griping and complaining is not going to make an impact. And I'm not. We only have that people don't like soaps. We need all the soaps that we need to have on the air. We need all of our soaps. But I am saying that basically, my guess is that they're just trying to ride out the storm, because people's memories are short, and they're they're anticipating that people are just going to forget, and and that they'll move well, on, and they'll be able to. The, the sunny mob hour where he's apparently giving Anna advice about how to handle herself, you know, yeah. even though she was an international spy and, you know, but he'll take care of her and protect her and whatever. Uh, anyway, well, we I'm, have- I'm, 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 I'm off with GH 
for you know, I'm not I, I'm not regretting the decision to take a very long break well, from G8. We only have a couple more minutes, but I wanted to mention really quick. So there is an online petition. If anyone likes to sign it, I don't know that it matters, but I'll tweet it on the Talk Day Time. I already did, but I'll retweet it um, to bring you back. And I know that sometimes those things are stupid because there's an impeached Trump petition, and we see how well that's going. But um, Michael Easton got his job back from a petition online. They got 10,000 signatures. So I'm just saying it can't hurt the cause. And I'm surprised to see so much reaction out of her colleagues. Like, I expect, I didn't expect anything out of the network, out of her coworkers, because normally when things like this happen, people are quiet. But to see that reaction out of people that work with her, it makes me wonder. And so I'm thinking that maybe, and I'm not, you know, grain of salt here, because I don't think that anything major will happen necessarily, because I don't know that they actually care what people think. But I'm hoping that the positive reinforcement from the people that work with her and their comments and them saying, hey, we have to have her to survive, basically, is what William DeVry had to say and what Jackie Zeman had to say. Plus, the outrage might make a difference. At least it makes waves, I guess. And, yeah. That's well, keep in mind, too, that fans, fans, have saved, fans have saved Becky Hurts twice. Twice this yeah. has happened to her, and both times and her fan base Anna, came forward and, and, saved, and saved her. So it can happen. The thing with Anna, by the way, they're making it look like she has a child with face on, but we only have 30 seconds, so I can't tell you about that. I'll call you later. But they're basically making it seem like she has an illegitimate child with him. So you're welcome for that. Thank you guys for joining us. My eyes um, just rolled out of my head. Yeah, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that Talk Day Time is in 2018 and that we have made it a year. We hope to bring you even more content this year and even greater stuff. And like I said, sign that petition, retweet that tweet, do anything you can. Call the comment line. Do whatever if you want to help the cause. I don't know if it matters, but it might. So thank you for listening. And, yeah, sorry we ranted so much. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.